And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Two people in the public came up to me like, hey, you're a Sabres fan, huh? I'm like, no, I, just, I like the hat, man. Yeah, I like the hat. I like how it mats down my hair, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite hour of August sensuality for your ears. It's under the radar. The boys are back. That's why it's a day late. With me as always, well, not really always, with me again. I am back, and we are presented by Tops and Tops Project 70. Be sure to check that out at tops.com. I blew through that, didn't I? That's okay. You actually didn't even I was going to do it after I introduced you guys this time. Oh, right. oh that's yeah. fine, too. Yeah. I just copied and pasted into the rundown. So Cool. Anyway. <laughs> back from his uh, summer vacation, Ian Kai. Hello, my friends. Yes, I was, I, was, I was gone last week. I missed doing the show, but I did enjoy so thoroughly listening to Gene and Joe and you. The three of you did a great job. I really you said disparaging things about them before we started. No, I didn't. I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm joking. I know. <laughs> but no, no, no. They, they, they were great. And the combination of, you know, they're both a little hesitant at the start. Like, oh, you know, blah, blah. And then your sort of infectious energy just kind of brought it all through. And then we got to some really great stuff. I was, it was a really great show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to it. It's fun. I love those guys. Joe Sheehan, Gene McCaffrey. Yes, thank give, you guys. Give them virtual hugs. Ian's got a uh, vacation beard. Impressive. Yes, uh. I do. I do. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it because my one of my clients, a CEO client, really when I first started working with that organization, they really liked the beard. The the CEO really likes the beard, and I never have it. And I'm like, ah, I'm seeing her on Thursday. I'll I'll wait till Thursday or wait till Friday to to shave it. It's Sage. Yeah, little sage brings brings yeah, a little brings a little Obi Wan Kenobi to my game. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Tops. By the way, Tops Project Seventy sponsoring the show. It was National Baseball Card Day last week, and on Saturday we had the the Fantasy League of Experts. It's the Tau, It's it's basically Tau Wars for football. Jake Seeley runs it here in uh, in New York and DC. Um, I was with David Gonis and Dennis Esser. And the Tops truck was there. So we got some free cards. So no shout out way. to Tops for the free cards. Yeah, Free cards. That's and we went to MLB shop. We did a lot. We went to MLB shop. And uh, they had like, like you know, we got a couple like a blaster box. I bought a San Diego Padres hat because it looked cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, like with the friar swinging the bat. Nando's like a six-year-old, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. He's a nine-year-old. <laughs> really? I bought the I was- hat because it looked cool. <laughs> I really liked it. It's the best hour for your ears in the history of August. Yes. yes. Baseball cards. Hats that are cool. Love it. I bought a uh, I bought a, a Buffalo Sabres hat like I don't know six seven years ago when I was down in Florida. I bought it up here at the NHL shop. Wore it down in Florida, and like two people in the public came up to me like, "Hey, you Sabres fan, huh?" I'm like, "No, I just I like the hat." Like that. Yeah, I like that. I like how it mats good. down my hair. Yeah, <laughs> got the Ian Con hair mat down. Hey, I got a I got a nice. Uh, I I went on a, a fishing trip. Um. And I went deep sea fishing. We did a lot of stuff. We were in Cape Cod. We went whale watching. We went deep sea fishing. We did all sorts of great stuff. And on the deep sea fishing, the guy was actually a fan of Turn. So he's like, I know you. I know your face. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was called uh, Tigger 2 Sailing. And I went, I really like that hat. That's a cool hat. It didn't have Tigger on it, but it just, I really liked it. I was like, do you sell those? Because I would buy one since we're talking about hats. And at the end of the trip, he was like, take the hat. He's like, no, it's the only one I have. And they said at the end, he said, take the hat. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to take your hat. I can't. He's like, I got one more. You can have the hat. And that really meant a lot to me. Like that, that was like, it was very touching. So I, Nicole washed the hat and like we had to wash the hat because it had a lot of fish guts and stuff on it and washed the hat. And now I'm wearing the ticker two uh, hat. I wish it were here. I put it on now. That's impressive. Yeah. Also, I'm very disappointed. I did do a post credit scene today for Ariel Cohen and George Washington, and I played it for the gents, and they were just like, yeah, it's good, it's fun, but it's not quite as good as the first uh, one. Well, one of us is a little more enthusiastic. Yeah, you were like, if you cut this part, cut out the part about Jeff Pontus, <laughs> yeah, like, you can cut that part out. Yeah. I was trying to help you, you know. streamline yeah, so, it a little more. Because Ariel Cohen, he, 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 you know, he posted his standings again, and so George Washington gave him a real talking to. Um, but although Ariel always comes out on top somehow. So anyway, Finish turn. That, we can talk about that later. Uh, did you like it? Uh, yeah, like I, I mean, like I texted you guys and no one replied. Um, like that dude was a, I don't. Can we say? Oh, yeah, yeah, Simcoe. 
B-I-T-C-H to the end kind of thing? Simcoe was... No, was Abe. A, Abraham. Oh, oh yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean like, but, I don't want to... No spoilers, but yeah. No, no, no. But I mean, nice scene with... I, actually, one of my favorite scenes I ever did was with him in that last episode. Well, when you when you had to pay him off because he was whining about it? Because he served his country and... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get to the baseball. I, really Look, like I don't want to ruin everything. Yeah, here okay. we go. Let's go. We got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, Nesta Cortez, Justin Steele, a bunch of stuff Ian put in that kind of got pushed down, but we can we can bring it up Clearly early. Clearly got pushed down. I'm, well, I'm just, you know what? You're going to bring it up anyway, so it doesn't matter where it shows up in terms fair of enough. the chronology of the rundown. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you want to just start with Michael Givens all in caps? It seems like you're uh, very strongly I, into that one. Yes, I am very, very strongly into Michael Givens all in caps. Here's why. On this show, DVR, who has who has Nando been saying is one of the best relievers in baseball and sh- should be the closer and on any team he's on? Michael Givens. Michael Givens. And by the I'll way, that's DVR, something. everybody. He's here. Don't worry. He, he did his early bit. He, he introduced <laughs> yeah. him first. But so so Michael Givens. So I'm watching the. Uh, I see that Michael Givens comes in in the ninth inning. So I immediately go over to that game. I'm like, oh wow, here he goes, Michael Givens. And I saw a stat that I did not know before and changed my whole feeling about Michael Givens moving forward. I now own him in, I think, every league that I'm in. I think I got him this past weekend. There's a stat that his ERA away from cores this year is .6. And someone asked him, the the Reds announcer, this is the stuff you get if you if you you know click into the local games. The Reds announcer asked him, like, did you hate pitching in cores? And he said, I loved pitching in cores. And I said, why? Why would you love pitching in cores? He said, because in cores field, if you don't finish your pitches, you don't have a chance. He said, it made me such a better pitcher. Because then what I did, and the reason I was so successful on the road, was I was finishing every pitch. Like, you know, Chris Sale finishes his pitches. Like certain pitchers, like they just, they give it all they have. That's what Michael Givens learned by being there. I think Michael Givens is going to be the new closer for the Reds. I think he's right now has the job, and I think he has the potential to keep that job and I keep it long term. At least I'm I I I've played it that way. Um, well, no one stuff. else has grabbed it, right? Like no one else has that that job has been in flux since they got rid of Rysel Iglesias for some reason. Yeah, pretty much. You're right. So I think, and I, I sort of, you know, it's that shake of the head. Ah, man, Nando's right again. Like you know, you're not right about. I've been wrong about a lot. Uh, that's that's not a question, but when you're right about <laughs> like, like Lewis Brinson, <laughs> well, wait, but see, know, that's know, another guy we're gonna get to later in the show. But you know, so oh, like, like that it, time I told people that your dynasty rankings were coming out two weeks ago. I was yeah, wrong about you that. told me, and you t- <laughs> they have to come out this week. They have to come out this week. They have to. They have to. They have to come out because trades. And I've got some trades lined up. Things are very good. I'm obviously I'm talking too much already, but that's what I want to say about Michael Givens. DVR. What do you think about Michael Givens? Do you see what I see? The only thing I'm really worried about is he doesn't have an elite of the elite strikeout rate. He has kind mm-hmm. of just like a, a good strikeout rate for a reliever, and it's problematic only because the walk rate is above average, right? But you well, can how get is away. the hard hit? How is the hard hit contact? How's the hard hit rate? Well, I, I, I gotta think that's really low because his pitches move so well. Yeah, it, it is 26.1 percent this season. I think he was 30.4 percent last year. Most years, he's either in the low 30s or high 20s there. There's one outlier season, 2019 in Baltimore. That hard hit rate jumped up close to 40%. That was easily his worst season. So he does seem to have the ability to avoid a lot of hard contact. And you wonder how much of the home run rate issues he's had, given that he doesn't allow a lot of hard contact, were the result of pitching in Baltimore and Colorado. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Cincinnati's another park that still boosts home runs. You put the ball in the air, stuff's going to happen. You know, you're going to give up some home runs. But... He's good enough to close. I think the question is really like, what kind of ceiling does he have if he's closing? Can he be a top 10 guy or is he more of a like 15 to 25 range closer who might have a larger share of the job than some of the other guys that can creep into the back end yeah, of that range? It's that whole, it's that whole like, are you, are you going to be a closer guaranteed stay through the season? Are you that good? I'm kind of betting on 10 to 15. That's kind of where I think he lands. And and look, this is a this is this is partially Nando in my head, kind of saying Michael Givens, Michael Givens, and then when you see it and it comes to fruition, you're like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I, there's there's something there. There's something there. So if he's if he's still hanging out on your waiver wire, even in a 12 team league, I would grab him because saves right now, like wins right now, it's an amazing time for fantasy baseball, which is a shame because so many people are focusing on fantasy football. Now's the time. Now's an amazing time in fantasy baseball to make pickups because this is where teams are changing. 
everything. They're they're giving guys opportunities to play. They're giving pitchers new opportunities. It's really well, awesome. How about a, Dylan Floro? Like, right? Did you think you were going to say that name four yeah, or five I mean, months ago? I'm not a huge Dylan Floro guy. Like, I, he's a closer. I would, yeah, I guess, but I don't like his whip. I don't like his ERA. Like, I I don't love his stuff so much. I, I'm more I'm more interested in Givens. I also also I'm looking at teams that are going to win ball games, and it feels like Miami doesn't win that many ball games these days. Closers are crazy, man. I mean, the Finnegan, uh, Givens, Colome is now back. Colome is a full closer. I I picked him up in a couple of leagues. He he got out bought and Steckenrider Drew Steckenrider in Seattle looks like they're giving Steckenrider the the. The, the chance ahead of Castillo. Anyway, that's a, that's a uh, lot of other stuff. Greg Jewett has a great – Greg Jewett's column this week that came up yesterday, um, which was due yesterday, and, and he handed it in, and we put it up on the site. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He uh, he said uh, – he went through every team and gave the, the – just like the rundown of who's the closer, who's the closer. It's like Sweet. a really incredibly thorough like field guide to closers right now. That guy's good, man. That's yeah, he's good really stuff. good. He's that's really good. good. Um. I mean, we can go anywhere next. I would like to... Nestor Cortez. Like, you, you want to skip over that 60-day season? Yeah, you know, that's oh, more that's yeah. more overarching. Yeah, Yeah. Nestor Cortez. Div- uh, Nando, what, why? Oh, let's talk DVR. He hasn't really said anything. Okay, DVR. DVR. Nestor Cortez, for real? I think, I he, think he might be, yeah. I mean, I think he he passes the Nando was good in the minor leagues test, right? <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah. he was. He was good everywhere. Like, he, he pitched well at every stop, had good results, good K rates, and I thought, okay... Was he like old for the level? Was there any reason why prospect hounds weren't all over him? And maybe it's just the, the lack of maybe premium velocity. But That's it, yeah. it's not everything. I mean, if you look at the secondary pitches, the curveball's really good. The sinker, he throws a little bit of a sinker, mostly four seamers. Sinker's good. Curveball's really good. I think there's actually more than just a, a two or three inning guy here. I don't, I don't know if he's like a <laughs> mid-rotation starter. Yeah, but I do think he's good enough to be used in a lot of mixed leagues, and I think they're pretty high on him. Like I, I think the the Yankees clearly see something there that they trust in him. So I'm increasingly on board with Nestor Cortez. I was always worried about workload in the past. I always thought he was just stuck as a follower who couldn't do more. But the curveball is above average. The slider is good. The four seamer is not horrible. He mixes things well. He locates well, and he's getting good results. I think there's plenty here to like. Nando. I'm, well, I'm, I'm fully on board. I've been fully on board with Nestor For Cortez. years, three years, yeah. you've been talking about this guy. But I mean, he goes to I'm, the Yankees, goes to the Mariners, comes back to the Yankees. You're like, Nestor Cortez! The numbers, to me, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just a simpleton. But, like, people, it seems like they just want to go too deep sometimes. And I don't know. Like, I don't think this is Occam's Razor. You know, it's different, but Ooh. somewhat related. Like, th- he was good. You know what I mean? Like, he was a good pitcher throughout the minors. And why wouldn't that translate to the majors? I mean, yeah, you can talk about the pitch mix and stuff like that, but you know, you, you go up through these levels. He progressed, you know, relatively slow, slowly, and I mean, just kind of kept up the numbers, kept a low WHIP, which is supremely important to me. You know, what I mean, yeah, you might is... have a bad, you might have a bad defense behind you. That's fine. So a low WHIP in the minor leagues is an even bigger deal. I've been watching Nestor Cortez because he plays for my New York Yankees. It's interesting. He the thing that. I find about him, he's a little bit like Johnny Cueto in his, like, you know, his Louis Tiant, the way he pitches. It's it's all, like, deception and everything else. Like, he's really trying to keep him off guard. Salvador Perez hit two home runs off of him yesterday. And it just sort of was like, yeah, he, he, Sal Perez, is Sal Perez from Venezuela? Is that where he's from, DVR? Do you know? I believe that is correct. Yeah. So I was like, he's seen like the Nestor Cortez, that little shake stuff that he did to Otani a couple of weeks ago. Like Perez isn't going to get fooled by that because he may have seen more of that growing up, but he was just dominant uh, against Cortez last night. I mean, he was just hitting home runs left and right. I, I like Cortez. I-, I like that he plays for the Yankees, meaning that I think that if he pitches well, he'll probably win games. Um but you know, I, I think there's a cap stay? there. I don't. He's not a top fifty starter. Like I don't think that's where he's going to be going into next year at all. Like I think he's he's in that you know seventy range of a guy who's sort of a, a swing man. That's why I think he's going to be. You know, the Yankees just have guys coming back, and that's yeah. what worries me is that you yeah. can prove yourself by being awesome, and then they'll just be like, "No, nah, we're going to go with you know like Jordan Montgomery still anyway." Yes, well they 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 should. Jordan Montgomery's a very good pitcher. Sure, yeah. Nestor Cortez is arguably better. Um, maybe, but, but you're not going to have Jordan Montgomery. You're not going to have Jordan Montgomery coming out of the pen and you can have Cortez coming out of the pen. 
He Cortez can pitch an inning, can pitch three. I mean, you know, there's value to that. There really is. There's a lot of value to that. A bullpen day. But that rotation, if Severino comes back, he's starting to look good. If Kluber does come back, that rotation looks pretty good with Tyone being a top 10 pitcher in baseball. The top five pitcher in baseball over the course of the last two months. I mean, he's been huge, Jameson yeah. Tyone. Just huge. He was supposed to be. Yeah, but what he's doing now, I have not seen anything remotely close to this. 2018, he showed glimpses of this, right? He showed glimpses of being a top 30 pitcher. You got to consider him as a top 25 pitcher right now. Glimpses of it in 2018. He's maybe top 20. I mean, what what are the numbers? Look at look at his last starts. He's been amazing, Tyone. Yeah, Just, he had a, a stretch in May where he was really struggling bad. to get deep oh. into his starts. But I think since May 23rd, very arbitrary cutoff point. He had five scoreless against the White Sox on May 23rd. That's kind of when the turnaround started. Mm-hmm. 75 in the third innings, including that start now. 66 Ks. Still a bit of a home run issue. Eight homers in 75 innings, but it's not horrible. 287 ERA, 117 whip. You're not getting much for strikeouts from Tyon. That's the the drawback. I know he had 10 against the Orioles two starts ago, but you see a lot of fours and fives in that game log, right? Unless he gets a really bad lineup, maybe with a more pitcher-friendly umpire, you're, you're expecting a lower NK rate. But he is much, much better. If you were patient with Tyon, if you didn't give up on him two months into the season, yeah. which was easy to do in, in like 10 and 12 team mixed leagues, he was absolutely the kind of guy you'd think about cutting. If you had injury trouble, if there was someone more intriguing out there, if you stuck it out and have still kept using him for most of these starts, you've been very, very handsomely rewarded. Similar to Frankie Montas. Similar ride this year for Montas as well. I mean, Montas is so good, man. Frankie Montas. And I, I just love him. I just love him. I love guys who throw like 99 with a sink, you know, and that ball just dives coming out of Frankie Montas's hand. He's just, I mean, he could blow up. Tomorrow, I think he's pitching tonight. By the way, we're doing Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Sorry about that, everybody. If you were waiting for the show yesterday and wondering, oh, is the show gone? We're back. We're back. Here we are. It's we're free in. We did it for Ian. I appreciate we're all pals it. pals here. We are pals. Yeah. Who's my pal? You guys are my pal. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Justin Steele for Let's talk real. Let's about Justin Steele. Yeah, for real. You do it. You do it. You're the one who brought him up. And I looked him up and I went, all right. But why do you think Justin Steele is for real? Uh, Patrick Mooney actually brought him up. We, when we did one of those beat writer roundups, like who's your second half? Um, who's your second half kind of surprise or breakout, whatever. And, you know, like a lot of the writers were, you know, like, oh, Chris Sale, like stuff like that. Um, but Mooney went deep and he's like, listen, man, Justin Steele's being stretched out quietly down in Iowa. He's been awesome this year. Um, and you go look at his minor league numbers as we do, he, he had like, he's been great except for two seasons. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's been like sub three ERA, nice whip, okay whip, not the greatest. Um, but I don't know, like I, I'd never considered him and Mooney brought him up. And especially like I'm in a dynasty points league right now on CBS, the Scott White dynasty league. Um, you know, on CBS, you can use a starter as a reliever if he had relief pitcher eligibility, mm-hmm. which is going to get you oodles of points because they, you know, give you points for innings pitched. And I, I scooped him up, like, right after I read the Mooney thing. And I actually spent $2 on him instead of 1 because I just assumed someone else would be reading that in a 24-person league. And no one was. I was the only one who bid. Um, but, yeah, I'm like – so it's – I'm rebuilding. It's garbage. But he actually does – Scott White does this thing at the end where if you don't make the playoffs, there's a bracket for the losers to get the first pick. So he doesn't want people tanking. You know, you still kind of keep it tight enough where, like, you want to win that loser's bracket. Um so you can get the number one pick in the next year's dynasty draft. 
Good. So anyway, okay. I grabbed him because I'm going to slide him into my relief pitcher spot, and he's going to start now. DBR, what do you think? I want to see him throw more curveballs because his curveball grades out as a good pitch. The slider looks good. Fastball compared to like Nestor Cortez, he just throw about almost three miles per hour faster with that fastball, three miles per hour harder. Uh, but I, where is it at? Is it 94? Yeah, 93.5. So not bad. It's, okay. it, it's, it's not bad. Uh, the weird thing was he was, he's he was pitching, yeah, he was pitching really well against the Brewers on Tuesday when I turned the game on. I'm like, all right, let's see Justin Steele. I've never seen him pitch before. And as soon as I turned it on, the Brewers started hitting. I was like, well, that sucks. That's, I mean, I, I was excited because I'm a Brewers fan, but it's like, well, that wasn't quite what I was expecting to see based on the first time through the order. But uh, I, I think he's at least interesting enough in those deep dynasty leagues that we talk about all the time and NL only leagues and simulation situations. They have a dire need for innings for the Cubs. I, I think there's a bigger question here that I want to throw to both of you. Like, when do you think the Cubs are going to be a playoff team next? When you look at that roster right now, playoff team. Wow. They have a, they have a lineup that you can throw almost any pitcher against like yeah. 90% of the pitchers you would use in fantasy. You can start against the Cubs right now. Maybe even more than that, because there's Wilson Contreras. There's Ian Happ. If he starts to hit <sighs> and there's nobody else. You no, not true. Not true. Not true. Not true. Not true. Raphael. If you fear Patrick wisdom, I like Patrick Wisdom. He's been good this Greg year. Deekman. Uh No, but Rafael Ortega. Yeah, is, is that real? Rafael Ortega. He's a very under the radar sort of player. Journeyman. Rafa- yeah, man. He's Thirty years old, playing all, playing every day, starting, uh, leading off, stealing bases, hitting home runs. Rafael Ortega has. I picked him up everywhere I could. Um, it was actually last. It wasn't this past Sunday. It was the Sunday before. He had hit three home runs, I think, on a Saturday, and I was like, what? Hunt, huh? And I like look a little deeper. I'm like 30 years old, but then the next day he stole a base, and I was like, you know what, Rafael Ortega, yo. So Ortega's another guy like Givens that I picked up everywhere, and he's been doing great. Yesterday in his doubleheader, I think he went four for seven overall, three for four in the first game, and the second game he stole a base. They moved him. He was been leading off every game, and then yesterday they put him for the second game, batting fifth. So it's like you know he he's a guy. He's a guy on that team right now for the for the rest of the season. He's a guy to to pick up. But yes, you're right. The, the Cubs are trashing. To get back to your original question, I would say their next chance at the playoffs is 2026. Ooh, that's, uh, 2025, 2026. No that's sooner. far into the future. Like I, yeah. like I want them to be bad for a long time since I root for another they team will in the division. I, I think they're going to probably spend money like two or three years into that window. So it, it really depends on yeah. some of the prospects they, they got back in the Darvish right, the deal pro- at the trade deadline and how quickly those-, those guys develop. They're all babies, man. They're all like they're all like 18, 19 years old. So yeah. They went like high upside international signing guys. So that, that that's they may be up in 2024, but when are they going to start winning consistently? 2026. I'm going to say 2026, 2027. I really believe that. Like they could win 81 games in 2025. So the it's main gonna reason be a long walk, man. It's going to be ugly. The main reason I was Bringing this up, though, is because I think the Cubs are going to become one of those teams for at least a little while where you look at every corner of that depth chart and there's an opportunity for someone to just emerge out of relative nowhere. I think it was uh, Manny Rodriguez, who I saw uh, Mm -hmm. on the Pitching Ninja Twitter account. I haven't had a lot of time on Twitter the last week or so. It's been a busy week moving out here to California, but we haven't even asked. We're terrible friends, man. We haven't even talked about that yet. I didn't even acknowledge did. the text you were sending about the shows and stuff. I uh, know so that's I, in the rundown. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. Like I, <laughs> no, I, I, I was preoccupied. But you could have just been like, "Hey, Steph, answer this for me." <laughs> yeah, the phone barely works on so many stretches of I eighty. It's actually kind of frightening. But the the thing about the Cubs is again, opportunity is going to be there, and that wasn't the case. They had a pretty firmly established depth chart for the last five plus years. Sure. Right, they're a perennial contender. You didn't really have a lot of questions at most positions about who was going to play, and now it's wide open. And there's going to be some organizational guys that pop up. I would say Justin Steele sort of fits that description. They're going to find and develop a few players that come up unexpectedly and do something useful for us as fantasy players. And that makes them exciting in a different kind of way for the next little while. Like the Baltimore Orioles right now. I mean, if you look at what the Orioles are doing, they're basically churning their roster the way we would do in a fantasy league. They had Pat Vileka starting at second base. Okay. And they dropped Pat Vileka and picked up Jorge Mateo, who is, is gotta be You, If he's available in any dynasty leagues, now is the time to get him. 
without question. Like I only spent fourteen dollars on him this week with Robert Mershak. Oh, like we spent fourteen dollars in DL one. I tried to get him an AL labor. I put down five. I think Colette put down eleven, and Colette got him. It, it, he's gonna play. You know, they're playing him at short. They're playing him at second. They're playing him at third. They're playing him in the outfield. Like this is this is why this is the really fun time in fantasy baseball to build your team. So using the Cubs, if the Cubs do that same style of game. You find your Rafael Ortegas. You find the Hoy Parks that, you know, Pittsburgh, he hit his first home run yesterday. Looked pretty good doing it, too. You know, I mean, these are the guys that that can find their way to full playing time. Guys like Max Muncie, who were, you know, off the trash heap. Justin Turner, trash heap. Luke Voigt, trash heap. Like, that's what you want. And that's what the Cubs should do. And they should start doing it immediately. And I'm sure they're working towards it. I'm happy for them that they got that they were able to trade those guys. Delighted that Anthony Rizzo did not go to the Red Sox. Do, do you guys have Red Sox fans as as friends? I I do. I have. Oh a, yeah, I went to right? BC. Oh right, all my, all we, my friends are Red Sox fans. Well, they're all they're all in misery right now because the Red Sox are just in trouble. They're just in big old trouble, and they and I, I think it you know Xander looks like he's hurt. They they still have Bobby Dahlback playing first base. Like that team is in trouble. They need Chris Hale to come in and like. Steady the ship. I was just waiting until his his uh, well, he's pitching Saturday. He's starting Saturday. Yeah, Saturday against Baltimore. But wait until something happens him. with his throw day on like Wednesday. No, Thursday. no, no. But you should yeah. trade him in that sim league. Yeah, you guys. Thank you so. You know, it worked. I mean, it was for Zach Gallon, <laughs> so I guess it would have worked out. Yeah, it would not have worked out. You, you're happier to have Chris Sale. That team is a mess and a half. Yeah, well, you know. Man, you know, the Red Sox, if if the Cubs had a good deadline as a team playing for the future, the Red Sox had a bad deadline as a team Terrible. playing for right now. I mean, they got Kyle Schwarber. They didn't do absolutely nothing, and they can use the cliche, yeah, we got Sale because he's coming back off the IL. But I think the Dahlbeck thing is, is particularly frustrating because it's not difficult to find someone who can play first base. It's one of the easiest things yes. to find. You can find players like that on the waiver wire sometimes. Those guys get DFA'd all the time. Maybe someone still will get DFA'd here in the next few weeks, and they'll get an upgrade that way. But I can understand why Red Sox fans were upset. Every other team in that division trying to win right now absolutely got better by comparison in the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be fun watching that division play out over these next few weeks, and NL East turned into a mess too. So I was telling Al this on Sunday. If you're offline for most of a week, the league completely changes. Like normally I'm just watching kind of minute to minute Twitter's open, watching games, watching highlight shows. So I, I don't really miss things, but when you just like take a week and remove it from the season, there's like this hole in your memory and you look at stuff and you're like, Oh wait, that, that happened. This guy's playing. This team's actually like back in the mix. This team's totally dead now. Like it's actually pretty fascinating. Jose Barrios, man, Jose Barrios. We'll see how he does today, but boy, He's been looking great for the Blue Jays. Looks good in that in that uniform. It just he just he he could be a difference maker. That team's gonna be tough in the playoffs if they make it there. Springer has been awesome. Yeah, the the Red Sox really I think they failed their also Schwarber doesn't make any sense to me. Like why are you getting Schwarber? Like why that? Get a for why why get another outfielder? Are they gonna play Schwarber at first base? I mean, maybe. That's gonna cost you. You cannot trust a a, a first baseman who doesn't play first base. In the playoffs, those are the things that make the difference in games. Yeah, I, I thought maybe if if a team signed Schwarber in the offseason and had him through the winter and spring training workout at first base, that maybe that could work, right? I mean, he was a catcher early on in his career as a prospect. And sure, but he's become a better it. He's become a better left fielder with work and, and kind of changing his body over the last few years. But he's still, not a, yeah. he's still not a good defender. He's just they, a more passable one. There's one thing the Red Sox did that we really need to take note of. That, that may turn around that franchise. They signed Jose De Leon. Is that yeah, correct, that's, Nando? A, that's in the rundown. Oh, is he's it? Now, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's now organization mates with Steven Gonsalves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Nando, you only have one that you can pick that becomes a great, huge success. Steven Gonsalves or Jose De Leon. Who do you wish to see become that great success? Um, you'd probably It's got to be De Leon, right? I mean, Yeah, kind of probably. Yeah. I think at this point. Yeah. Sorry, right. And, Steve. you know, we, we laugh at you. We laugh at you. Michael Givens is now you a do. top 12. Yeah, well, you know, he's now a top 12 uh, closer in baseball, at least today. Just like Ariel Cohen. According to you. Yeah. In oh, my I'm opinion. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got in the way of you doing an Ariel Cohen. No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I'm not going to no, do no, it. Please, no, no, please. No. Go ahead. No, no, no. What about David Dahl? David Dahl, you wrote, has plummeted. Do you know if he cleared waivers yet or has he been picked up by somebody else? I don't know. Uh, I don't think he has. Because he's still NA in my league. 
So that's a guy to me that the that's Cubs, Cubs guy you're talking about. Cubs, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's yep. that's where you go. You go and you take that chance and you say, listen, I know you get concussions. I know that your ankle hurts, but just go to right field. You're going to bat sixth every day, hit against righties, hit against lefties for the next six weeks. Like that's that seems to be a no brainer to me. To David Dahl's a free agent still. Wow. So yeah, I mean, un- unconditional release last week. Wow. Wow, man. And nobody's getting them. God, you know, that's crazy. That's he crazy. was frustrating. He was very frustrating this year. I mean, he was useless this year, but, you know, he was the sixth pick in the draft. He just keeps getting hurt, man. He just keeps getting yeah, hurt. I think it's more that he can't hit, and that was what his thing was. He can't hit. You're talking about a guy who was top 50 prospect. Top twice. 20. Twice at least. Yeah, he was still number 22 in 2015. Yeah. I mean, he, Baseball he was America. A, yeah, he was a big deal coming up when he got drafted. It's same same vibe that you have for Zach Veen right now. Or Benny Montgomery in Colorado, the, their two most recent first-round draft picks. The same vibe you had about David Dahl. It's like, oh my God, David Dahl, the best pure hitter in the draft, is going to Colorado. Oh my God. And then never, just never worked. Yeah. Interesting. There's some pretty good barrel rates in there. In 18 and 19, 9.3% and 10.3% there. The shortened season was a disaster for him. This year in Texas didn't work out either. I know he's... Not as young, of course, as you might think. He's been around for a little while now. He's 27, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, you, not that but you still, if you're the Cubs, like, this is yeah, they're they are now in churn mode, you know, with a ch, not, not with a t, churn mode, and oh, I, see I see what you did there. I see yeah. what you did. He, yeah, I see what you did. He's yeah. he's better than because it was some of the options they have there. The text messages. Exactly, <laughs> I, I would just not speak at all. <laughs> Take that chance. <laughs> I think he's a better. If you're the Cubs and you're just looking for longer-term value, he's a better option than Rafael Ortega, even though Ortega has been good so far. I don't know. Ortega's cheap as hell. He's $800,000 a year, starting center fielder, hitting... What is he hitting? He's like, it's got to be over 300. What do you think his barrel rate is? I couldn't tell you. Not that it's everything in the world, of course. 6%? 7.6%. It's actually pretty good so far. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I just think... I think Rafael Ortega is 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 an interesting. He's an interesting pickup in all leagues. It's an under the radar player. You know, he was in. He it's about these guys getting their opportunities. It's so exciting to watch. Jorge Mateo has a chance to play every day. If he plays every day, he could steal next season. If he's the starting, I don't know. Let's say Jamey Jones ends up at second base. Let's say he's the starting. He's not going to be the shortstop. He doesn't really have the glove for that, but. Let's say he goes, he's not going to be center field because Cedric Mullins is there. But maybe starting third baseman, leading, he's not going to lead off because Cedric Mullins is leading off. But he could steal 50 bases in a season. You can get him now. You can get him now for little to nothing. You know, I mean, is he owned in Maki? I'm not even sure. I'll be looking. Live pickup or is that bidding? Is that bidding? No, it's bidding. That's a bidding. I have, I have two trades sitting in my, in for me and Dr. Thomas Scott. We we made a pretty strong move in Maki and how's he doing? Two- you don't really you don't talk about him anymore. Nah, what do you mean? I just oh, did. by the way, I, I got a half a case of whiskey for you. By the way, whiskey Jeez, or whatever you know, the case? rhubarb. The rhubarb. Rhubarb oh. is very yeah. exciting. Very excited about that. That's very. Exciting. I walk in and I'm like, can I get six of these rhubarb strawberries and three of the maple strawberries? And they go, you know, this is the guy who played George Washington's favorite drink. Like, get out of so here. not true. It's a lie. It was very it's a sweet. Lie. That's not true. He calls, us once, a week. He calls us once a week. <laughs> I try to get a deal. these impressions. <laughs> I do. That's true, you know. I mean, because the impressions are very important to me. Because I'm not acting these days. So it's, it's my way of performing, as they say. Okay. Um, I wanted to uh, ask then about uh, Cal Quantrill. We, we have not talked about Cal Quantrill. One of my partners is always on the Cal Quantrill train. And I'm always like, oh, man, Cal Quantrill, whatever. And now you just wrote, we never talk about Cal Quantrill. So what do you want to say about Cal Quantrill? I was just, I have him in an American League only keeper league. And I was looking at his numbers and I'm like, oh, geez, man, you know, Cal Quantrill's quietly been very good this year. And I mean, no one, like, no one's up there being like, Cal Quantrill, you got a whole lot of Cal Quantrill. You know, there's no, like, Fangraph's deep dive on Cal Quantrill and why he's the key to success, you know, for the stretch run kind of thing. But Cal Cal Quantrill's been very good. Very good. He he was a good prospect coming no up in the Padres system. There was hype. There was hype. He I mean, was, not I mean, like right now. I mean, presently. Hold on. When, what was he? What was he drafted in the second round? He was a first rounder. First I think. Round? Yeah. I mean, I I certainly remember Carl Contrell ranked one of the top. He was drafted like really early. Hold on. Heading into eighth pick. Yeah, he was picked with the eighth pick. So you know, you get you get that eighth pick. You get picked in the top ten. 
you, there's always going to be a little bit of juice about him, but then he had some injury problems and he really struggled for a long time. Do you think it's real, Duvier? I think he's trying to think about the pitchers we've talked about so far today. I think there's a slightly better chance you get uh, consistent length from him over Cortez because there's less of a velocity concern. Uh, I still see more of like a back-end sort of profile, but it's really three sort of average pitches, pretty good command. And Cleveland's track record, as we've talked about a bunch of times, like it's really good at developing pitching. So I'm I'm in. I think he he fits really well in the types of leagues that the three of us tend to play in. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily someone that you're putting out there for every single start in a 10 or a 12-team mixed league. I'm surprised he's not missing more bats, but yeah, the but that's strike rate is low. Yeah, that's my problem. More strikeouts is what I think of him. Yeah, like it, it's it weird. The swinging strike rate's down, so the K rate's down, and it's been parts of three seasons now. So we're looking at 226 career innings with a K rate just under 20%, about 7.6 Ks per nine. I don't enough. know if there's more ceiling there, unless he adds another pitch. I bet there's ceiling. A I bet ticks. there's a little bit more. I mean, he's still young. He's still young in the game, and he he's just getting his experience. But he's certainly holding his own right now. But he also could, you know, blow up on you for sure. Well, here's here's what I see. I see a guy who got stretched out. And, you know, finally hit that 90 pitch mark right around July 4th, right? So I would assume, like, his next four or five starts where he wasn't striking a lot of guys out was, you know, stretch out, use your pitches smart, smartly. You know what I mean? Like, don't waste them on strikeouts. Let's pitch to contact. Let's just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. His last two starts, I mean, he's only had, he's seven starts in a row, he's had five or more innings pitched. 90, he's hit that 90, 90 pitch mark in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. His last two starts, six innings, six strikeouts, seven innings, ten strikeouts. In this run, since he started, he's got a 1.96 ERA. Yeah. From when he when he threw that that 90 pitch, when he hit that 90 pitch plateau, 1.96 ERA and his whip. I mean, baseball reference doesn't do it for you. It's like 43 over 41 and a third. So I mean, if you like recently he's gotten the strikeouts, and I think maybe he's just finally hit that point where he's like, I'm no longer stretching out, I'm throwing, you know, who I am. Um, I don't know. And it kind of, I mean, his his numbers kind of bear it out a little bit. Like the strikeouts weren't there early. It was three one five two five, and then six ten. So I don't know, man. I, like I, yeah, just, I think like the, we should be looking at him a little closer. All right. Well, we we now well, we spoken are. about well, him. We are, now yeah. Indians, another Indians pitcher that you threw up here, and I was like, why are you throwing up Cody Morris? Is Cody Morris? And then I looked at his baseball reference page, and I went, oh, that's why Nando is putting up Cody Morris. Do you want to tell everybody why you put up Cody Morris? I saw so this guy Joe Werner. Hey, that you're a fantastic host, Ian. By the way, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Um, Joseph Werner. Uh, he's Jolton Joey on Twitter. Uh, he's he's Salfino guy. Salfino used him for our story that we did last year, two years ago, about using your fantasy knowledge to buy baseball cards. And in it, he was like all about Grayson Rodriguez, like before he became like the number one prospect, um, number one pitching prospect. Number on one pitching list, prospect. Yes. So Cody Morris, uh, he just tweeted something out. He's like, this guy's, I don't know why no one's talking about him, whatever, whatever. I went to pick him up in the Scott White Dynasty League, and he wasn't. he's not even there. So, like, he's not even in the CBS database. But his numbers, man, like, I'm like, all right, let me check. You know, every time I see a name, I'm like, let me go to Baseball Reference and then go to Minor League and then hide Partial Rose and hide College. He's, he's pretty nasty, man. Like, Yeah, he's pretty nasty. A lot of strikeouts. Last, I mean, last, his first year in the majors last year had a high ERA. You know, whip was okay, and this year it's like he fixed it all, and he's like just ripping through, and it's Cleveland, and Cleveland right. develops guys, and like this guy, he's he's like he's twenty four, he's ready for the majors, like Cody Morris is coming, okay he's coming for you, Cody Morris, you you heard it here first, pretty much sure about that. Well, I mean, you probably saw it on Twitter if you follow Joe Warner, but okay, you know, yeah, I, I guess I should follow Joe Warner. There's a guy that I want to talk about very very much. Um, so I was driving home from uh the from Cape Cod. And met my older brother and his wife and lovely daughters in like halfway, you know, near, I forget, I forget where it was. But then the, the rest of the drive home, I listened to the Yankees versus the uh, Royals on the radio in my ears. So, cause so my kids could like, you know, watch their movie in the back seat and my wife can, can like look at her phone. And I'm listening to Carlos Hernandez pitch against Jameson Tyone. I own both of them and I had picked up Carlos Hernandez in AL labor. I tried to pick up Carlos Hernandez and, and Eno wrote this amazing article about Carlos Hernandez. I saw Carlos Hernandez about two weeks ago. It was his first like really great start. And I just happened to be on a Kansas city Royal game. I have no idea why. 
And I saw this giant man throwing so hard. And I was like, who is that? Like, I don't look at the numbers. I look at the stuff. And I was like, who, who is that? Throwing 98 with movement, then dropping. He only throws his changeup about 10% of the time, but it's a pretty good changeup. And his slider is really, really good. And I love his presence on the mound. So I was like picking up Carlos Hernandez everywhere, except I ran out of ads and Eno Saris and James Anderson, ding, their teammates in Devil's Rejects, and they picked up Carlos Hernandez. I was trying to make trades with people because you can only get four pickups a week to try to get somebody to say, all right, we'll make a trade, but then you give me a pickup, pick up this guy for me, Carlos Hernandez. I freaking love Carlos Hernandez, guys. I love him. I think he is a beast. Have either of you had a chance to watch him? I saw him. I saw him a while back. It was probably uh, was it a relief appearance, maybe last season. It just feels like it was forever ago. It probably wasn't as long ago as I think. But uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I know you you, you kind of go with like a scouting approach, just watching and seeing what the pitches do. And then of course, there's the the back end stuff plus metrics that Eno and Max Bay have put together, and those metrics confirm what you see with the eye test. The, the curveball is really good. The slider is really good. The changeup is above average. Uh, even the sinker, and that model doesn't oh. even like fastballs in general. The sinker's good. The four-seamer's good. The command is at least average across the board. Getting like better, this guy, getting better. It's getting better, I'm telling you. Go I trade think, for him. I, I think if, if there's anything, whether you play in a redraft league or a keeper or dynasty league, if, if you haven't picked up on this kind of in the, the tone of the show, do not give up on this season. There are still good players, yes. getting opportunities, guys who are going to break out. I mean, if you're a keeper or a dynasty league and you're thinking, ah, oh, it's fantasy football season, my team's not going to win this year, you are missing opportunities to make your team better. If you this have a bad team in a keeper or a dynasty league, you should be picking up players right now. Carlos Hernandez should be on your radar, whether yes. you're contending this year or you're not. Buy him. He should not be unrostered in leagues with at least... 12 or more teams have any sort of keeper component. But I think in redraft, there's absolutely appeal there because uh, this is another team. They need innings. They need to develop starters. They need to find someone to consistently take the ball every fifth day. And when we're looking for people that can do that and do it well, we're looking for velocity. We're looking for movement. We're looking for command. And we're looking for a deep arsenal. He has all of those things. Oh, my God. And he's huge. He's like 6'6", 250 pounds, but in great, in, in fabulous shape. Also, this is a little something he does at the end of every inning. And I wasn't watching this because I was driving home. It was one of the most remarkable baseball games I'd ever listened to. Um, and then came home. We got home in like this eighth inning and then watched all the way through the 11th inning. Because it was a total shutout. Like nobody was doing anything through six. Yankees scored, I think, two. Then the Royals scored two. Yankees scored one. Royals scored one. Yankees scored one. Royals scored one. It was like, it was ridiculous. And I actually tweeted out at the announcer. Can I just say this? This guy is my favorite, favorite announcer um, in, in because I'm not a big, look, I'm not a Michael K fan. I'm saying that I, I don't like Michael K very much. What don't you but like this, about him? Uh, he's just, I just don't think he's very good. I I, I don't enjoy watching him. Um, but Ryan Rucco, at Ryan Rucco, I wrote, cannot overstate how much fun it is to watch a baseball game with Ryan Rucco doing the play-by-play. An absolute joy. Easy to be watching the 11th at 1239 a.m. His level of joy at every moment of the game. He's just so darn good. Thank you to ne- Yes Network. I was trying to figure out a way to do it without taking a shot at Michael K. at the same time. Which so, account but, Which account did you send it from? The uh, famous from one the, or the baseball one? The baseball one. The, All right. the baseball one. Right. I, I said it from the baseball one. But... Um, but but I got my head is everywhere. But Carl Hernandez at the end of every inning, he takes a little moment and does the cross. And I'm not I'm not Christian, but does the cross and like takes a moment. And there's something I love about that. And what here's what I love is that he's in the moment. He's consistently in the moment, getting ready for the next moment. That's what baseball is about. And watching how these players deal with disappointment. I'm telling you, watch Nestor Cortez's look in his eye after the home run goes out. If he looks like, oh man, it's like, it's the imposter syndrome for pitchers, right? We all know about imposter syndrome. People talk about it all the time. Like, oh, they're going to find out I'm really not that good. If a guy gives up a home run and looks like, oh man, I suck. I don't want him near my team, right? But if a guy gives up a home run, it's like, all right, cool. I'll get you next time. That's the guy I'm looking for. And that's, that's what I'm always looking for with these pitchers. Is, is guys like that and also managers like that. That's why I called Dave Martinez, even though he won the championship, the locks. I just still think he's a terrible manager. He he always looks like something bad's going to happen. And I, I, I think that's why his, his team is not very good. And I think the Nationals are stuck with him because he won that World Series that one time. Anyway, that's a lot of, lot of different thoughts. 
DVR, do you have any further thoughts about it? No, I think we're good there. Okay. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Sorry, Nando. No, I was just going to say I'm going to let you. You can host the rest of the show if you want, man. No, no, no. I was just passing it on. Oh, yeah, actually, I probably should. So let's talk about Lewis Brinson, guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Lewis Brinson. This is all Ian's half of the rundown, by the way. This is, so, yeah, now yeah. we're here. So I think what happened about- was he was he was hosting to rush it through my part, and now he can take his time with his. <laughs> this is how I'm seeing it. Let's talk about Lewis Brinson. So, Lewis Brinson, here's the downside. He's still striking out. He doesn't steal bases, but he's hitting the ball really hard and a lot. Anyone have thoughts? I was going to TV. I mean, you know mine. I, mine you're still, you're, you're yielding record. to me on Lewis Brinson? No, 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 no. You, you should go first. I'm, yeah, I'm, not a, go ahead. My love for Lewis Brinson knows no bounds, so you know where I am on this. Like, I think he's given a shot. I think his, 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 if you look at his minor league numbers, he had a ton of plate patience which I find even more important than minor leagues because um, you don't have to. I mean, like, if you're a young kid coming up in the minors, wouldn't you want to swing away and not be like, let me be patient with these walks here? So I think it's even more impressive. I don't know why that hasn't reared its head yet, but it hasn't. So I don't know, man. I just, I I will forever believe in Lewis Brinson, and I'm not going to apologize for that. You, and right now is the time where you really don't have to apologize for that because right now he looks like a baseball player. DVR, you watched him early in his career. Uh, he's hitting 268. I don't think any one of us thought that he would hit 268 ever. I mean, his his last two weeks have been pretty last month almost. He's playing every single day. Again, he's not stealing bases. He's not running at all, which is disappointing because I always thought that was part of his profile. Do you believe it or is it just total mirage? I think this is sort of the window for him to prove that he is going to be a part of their plans beyond this season. They're going to play him pretty much every day. He's played every day since the trade deadline. And there's no reason for them to back off at this point. The concern I have is that the plate discipline we saw earlier in his career, that patience, that ability to draw walks, hasn't shown up against big league pitching just yet. I hope we see it over the final six and a half or seven weeks. If he shows that, that goes a long way to offset the swing and miss, right? You can get away with swing and miss if you have power and if you take walks. And I think he has power, at least a little bit. But he has to start taking more walks to kind of put it all together and to be more than a bench guy in the long run. I mean, he was the main piece that went to the Marlins for Yelich. Would you agree? I think so, right? Yeah, it was Monty Harrison along with Brinson plus Isan Diaz and Jordan Yamamoto, right? It was those four players. Got it. Yeah. So it was Brinson was the was the prime piece. Yelich is a is a is a dumpster fire at this point, um, which is its own conversation. But I don't know. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I picked him up for Rob. Rob and I picked him up for like three bucks on Sunday. Just let's see. Because you know why? Because if he does turn into something, he's an interesting trade chip. And when you're churning your rosters, look for young bats like Joe Connor right now. Right? That's his name, right? Is, is Joe Connor Connor? Joe. Connor Joe. Sorry. We've, we talked about Connor Joe before on the show. In I think, Nando, you were all hot and bothered about Joe uh, Connor Joe, right? Is I think I right? put him in there, but I think maybe it was DVR who was in love with him. 
Oh, okay. Was it DVR? Was it you? Somebody was in May. Like he was up and playing. He's up and playing now. Connor Joe should be picked up. Like you should grab him. Who are you dropping for all these guys? I'm not. I'm not trying to call you out on this. I'm actually curious. No, no, no. It's fine. You're dropping. You're, you, you, what you do is you pick up guys, and I'll tell you who got dropped over the course of the last week because we did huge amounts of pickups. Huge. Are you having to make like tough decisions and be like, you know, yeah. this, is, this is, you know, yeah. You Kevin gotta, Maiton, you, he's had his chance, right? Yeah, but not Kevin Maiton, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we picked up. Oh, man, come on. Kevin Maiton has stats on his baseball reference page now, by the way. Is that is that is that surprising and or <laughs> he's, uh, he's up he's up to high A and he's only batting one ninety four in high A but he's you know, we dropped this week he has we stats. dropped Ronald uh, we Everson Pereira uh, outfielder for New York I we also picked up Yanni Hernandez that's another name you should be looking at Yanni Hernandez infielder for the Texas Rangers not much power he's going to play every day he's in the same world of Andy Ibanez right now he's got a lot of speed he's going to run. Yanni Hernandez. If you need steals in an AL only, Yanni Hernandez is your guy. Mateo has more pop. Hernandez has more not more speed, but is 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 going to run. He's going to run. Um, picked up, uh, dropped Nick Gordon. Picked Hoijan Park back up. Um, nice. Uh, picked up Jorge Mateo this week. Picked up Michael Givens this week. Uh, picked up Carlos Hernandez and dropped Joe Gray uh, from Milwaukee. So these are guys like this is what you do. You have to. You have to churn him out. I, I put 53 of my $188 down on Carlos Hernandez because he's, I don't know if I've mentioned, I'm in love with him. I love him. He's my hes my new favorite pitcher. That's under the radar favorite pitcher. I like it. What else? I'm, um, not, I'm just having fun having you do this. This is great. Okay. You're, na- you're Diego, natural with this. Diego Castillo, well, I'm going to hand it back to you in a minute. The Diego Castillo trade, did I talk about this on the show two weeks ago that I thought that that trade was set up before Peter Fairbanks got injured? Did I mention that? You did not. Okay. So there was this moment that made no sense, right? Where the Mariners traded Graveman for Toro, which was a smart trade, right? Traded to Houston. And the whole Seattle bullpen, the whole Seattle clubhouse, like, went into full revolt about it. Like, how can you give it up? And the Seattle Mariners GM, is it Jerry Depoto? Is that right? Yeah, of course, man. Come on. Jerry Depoto. He's a legend. Yeah. So DePoto says, everyone relax. We're going to get another reliever. And then they trade four days later for Diego Castillo. The day after Peter Fairbanks goes on the IL, which made no sense to me. Zero sense. Right now, I have two trades that are waiting that I have negotiated. And DVR, I'm telling you this, and you're one of the... There's four teams, would you say, DVR and Maki right now? Yep. Four teams. Um. I have two trades that have been agreed to and that are sitting in my inbox for me to press accept in the moment where I'm going to make all the trades at the same time, which is something that I try to do. So I've made the deals with both owners, two individual owners on the phone, on the phone with both of them, made the trades. I think we just assume that now at this point. Well, not always, but made the trades are sitting in my inbox and I'm just waiting to accept. I'm saying that Diego Castillo, a deal like that was already made with the Seattle Mariners. Is the only reason that Jerry DePoto could have said that, that don't worry, we're going to get a closer. And the only reason that it makes any sense that Tampa Bay would trade him in that moment. You almost get the feeling that, that Tampa Bay would have been like, you know, we just lost our other closer. We might want to hold on to Castillo. It was like, no, we already agreed. You, is, is this making any sense to you as to why I find this fascinating and fun? Nothing? Log- logic would say, why would you trade a guy when you're down a guy immediately? Right, right. Yeah. DVR, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. Okay, cool. That's it. That's all I had. I just really wanted to talk about that because, and now Diego Castillo, so I called Colette. I was like, why would they do that? And he said, Colette said that Castillo's um, spin rate is way down. And I don't know if he was saying it was about the stick, the sticky stuff or something else, but he was just saying something's not right with Diego Castillo. I think that's why they made the trade. Anyway, that's the, that, 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 that's what I got. That's my that's 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 my bit. Keep going, man. You got some other stuff here on the rundown for you. I don't want to ruin it for everybody. No, no. Tout, think... tout mistake. We don't know what that's all about, man. <sighs> Bieber, right, so... Eloy, Robert. That's a that's a nice under the radar okay. trio. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So Ale Labor um, is set. Right. Like it's done. There's, there's it, we can't I'm, we can't jinx you anymore. We can talk about it. I don't think so. I don't think you can jinx me anymore. I think it's pretty much. I'm up thirty one and a half points right now. So I think that's so it's it's just like wow God I'm good at this game, and then you look at my tout worst team and it's 
basically trash. I'm doing everything I can to stay out of the bottom half. Like everything I can to stay out of the bottom half. And I was thinking about, I was like, what did I do wrong? And here's what I did wrong. I drafted Bieber. I drafted Eloy. I drafted Louis Robert, Aaron Hicks, Travis Darnot, Baron, Baron Buxton. So like I got some bad injury stuff. But I was coming from the head-to-head league. And in the head-to-head league, so much, and I did well in that league. So much of the of of winning that league when I did and coming tying Ariel the next year had to do with using your fab dollars smartly because every week, because it's a points league, every week was about picking up guys off the wire. And so I made a calcul I made a mistake in Tout Wars, and it's really it's just it just continues to hurt. I traded in Eloy for uh, you told for, us about this for fab right. right? Right, for Fab. And yeah. I traded in Louis Robert for Fab, thinking that that Fab would give me an advantage during the season. But the reality is, it's the difference between a 12-team league and a 15-team league. In in the 15-team league, you just don't have as much movement, right? And you don't have as many good guys on the wire because there's, you know, there's, there's how many less guys? 90 less guys that are, you're being, that are being bid on every week. And so I, that's just it. I mean, you know, people are going to, people are... So like, oh, wow, great play by Khan in AL Labor, but the real trash on, on Tout Wars. It's just, you know, it's it, it, the game The game continues to humble in in so many ways. Who did you get with that with that money? Do you remember, like, how you spent it? Yeah, it Patrick Wisdom. Like a, yeah. Patrick Wisdom, I put $133 down on um, right. out of uh, the, you know, I ended up with, like, $1,800 of fab. And so I've used it, you know, I've used it, and I've used it successfully. I got Michael Givens this week, got Drew Steckenrider this week. But I, I just think, you know, now that Eloy's back and he's hitting bombs, like it would just be nice to have those guys more than it was to have the fab. And I think I made an emotional decision early in April. Um, and what I talked to when I spoke to DVR yesterday, we spoke briefly and I, I sort of mentioned this to him. And he was like, yeah, but at the time, I mean, what did you say, DVR, about the time at the time? The timetable for them to come back initially was more like, eh, they may come back in August or possibly September. It wasn't. They're definitely going to be back for the final two months and, and yeah. productive. And it, it, it was pretty ominous at the time. Yeah, it was. And and I thought, oh, I can do my little magic and stuff. And now I'm sitting on Shane Bieber, who I paid $35 for in the auction, which felt like a great buy at the time. And I'm trying to decide, do I, do I throw him back for $175 fab or wait for his last three starts? And I'm pretty sure I throw him back is what I do. I think, right? At this point, I mean, it's... You're right, it's a totally different situation. Like, you know, that was a long time ago when you released them, whatever, whatever. But haven't you learned your lesson again? I mean, that's the thing. Like, like have I, mess, I, are we what, messing with you now or what? No, uh, but I mean, that's that's the question. And 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 look, I'm gonna fight every freaking week because I'm there's certain I'm not going to finish. I'm, I'm gonna do everything I can to finish in the top half of this league, just out of pride. I mean, that's that's my thing. I'm just like, never quit, never quit. A fantasy baseball league. If you're in the fantasy baseball league, like there is a difference between 15th place and 11th place, and there's a difference between 11th place and 8th place. You know, and I think right now I'm in 11th place or 10th place, and I want to get to 8th place badly. I do there, you know, and I'm gonna work my tail off to hope it happens. And you know, I'm getting just killed in the draft and hold. If it makes you feel any better, like you're, you know, there's no hope no. for me at all. I'm not even like looking at 8th place right now. All right, well, yeah. It's just, I think you I, know, no, 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 no. It's how war is, man. I just well, actually wait. Oh, never mind. Looks like I am doing all right in terms of. There you go. Out of boy. Give it a fight. Look out, Look. Michael Florio and Brad Johnson. It's a great season. Look, I've had a great season. I love this season. It's going to be a lot. I think I'm going to have a lot of championships. I, I do. And if not championships, top two, three finishes. But this one Tout Wars is going to, you know, keeps me up at night. You're going to dwell on this forever. Yeah, I will. Because I can learn something from it and I can get better at it. You know, I can be better. I have to be better. And I'm excited for next year because I'm going to get ready for the draft and I'm going to do I'm going to do a smarter job. That's it. That's all there is to it. Do I think, you think my you'd team be happier if fantasy baseball was a series of 60 day seasons. Three of them, maybe even more. You can just pick the 60 days when you want to start and it's just a 60 day game. Um, no, personally, I would not. Uh, but I I know you would. Yeah. Would. would you like that? Yeah, I think DVR would like that. DVR, would you like it? I've thought about it. I know Jake had that format for a while. It was like three sets of 50 is yeah, how he was running play, his. You had to play all three sets. 
Oh, but you, you want it to be where you could dip out after the first two or the first one or come in late or, you know, however I you want to like, do it. I mean, I'm sure there's a way that you could be like, all right, I got 12 guys. I finally got the 12th guy on May 17th. Let's go. Let's start one of those 60 day leagues. I kind of yeah. like it. I kind of like it. I don't mind it. Just right, as an and then extra. You're, done, you're done. You know, you got all the August. You can do whatever you want. This isn't even a fantasy football thing. It's kind of like, man, like I've got to upkeep this roster now. So I save face. So I don't finish 11th, you know, I can finish 8th instead. And this is, you know, this is what I'm wasting my time on instead of editing or hanging out with my family. I hear I like how you put editing ahead of hanging out with your family. Well, <laughs> I feel like I do it <laughs> during work hours, so that's how I kind of, you know, <laughs> that's how I'm justifying it. I mean, DVR, you were talking a little bit. Do you mind sharing your feelings about it? About just not just, finishing just, low or like what? No, if- about the about how hard it is when you have so many leaks. Yeah, I mean, this is something we we all kind of opt into a lot of leagues. We get all these invites. We want to play with our friends. And it's easy to, and this happens to people that don't do this for a living or people who do this part-time instead of full-time. But you end up in 10 or 12 or 15 leagues, maybe even more than that. And there are diminishing returns. Like your attention can only go to so many places. You only have so many hours in the day. Eventually, you start making mistakes. Or even if you want to finish 6th instead of 10th, you don't make every possible move you could because you simply can't. Like it's just you can only do so much, right? I've, I'm finding that I, I need to pare down the number of leagues that I'm in, or I have to find partnerships. I have to find people to help manage things. Yep. I know. I know you're definitely in on partnerships. I've, I've had had teams like that in the past, and it works really well. I mean, from a fab perspective, just having an extra set of eyes and, and another person to go back and forth with and say, Hey, what do you think of this guy? Or Love should it. we finally cut this player? You know, all, all those different questions you have, having someone else to work through that with is fun, right? It builds up a friendship and it makes you probably a better player more often than not too. So there's plenty of reason to do it. Even if you only play in one league or two leagues, like have, have partnerships on totally. those because you'll do better. And it's, it's fun to spend time with someone like it pulling back a little bit. My favorite thing about fantasy baseball in the last couple of years has been jumping online or previous to COVID, getting together in person and and having a draft, right? Getting to see friends and catch up with people and build the team. Like that part of the the whole season is easily my favorite part. So in that regard, I definitely like the idea of having more entry points to draft. But to have more entry points to draft means you have more in-season maintenance and you have to find ways to balance that out. And my biggest gripe about in-season maintenance continues to be the insistence that fab must be run on Sundays. Yes. I hate that. And I am I am not a person with children yet. I don't know how people who have kids and want to go out and actually spend time with those kids, how they possibly could play in 10 or 12 or 15 leagues and sit down for four plus hours on a Sunday no. and grind fab. I, yeah. I just, I, I have leagues that I manage that we do the fab on Thursday night into Friday I love it. I think that is a change yeah, that that's needs fun. to be more common because it, it should be. It yeah. gives you more balance. It gives you your personal time on the weekend. You can watch some games. You can you can kind of check in and out on a Sunday. You can go to the beach. You can go to the park. You can go to the zoo. Whatever it is you want to do on a Sunday that you can't do during the work week because you work, you could do that on a Sunday <laughs> if you weren't grinding fab that day. Can you and imagine fab? Say, can you imagine fab like Wednesday at noon? Just like that, like the anticipation. You know what I mean? I mean, no. You could you could do fab anytime. I think that's DVR's point about it. Right. But I'm saying, listen like, to this. You're at work at noon. Hear all the fab results. Like, oh, come on, man. Come on, come on. I mean, Friday morning is super fun, man. Friday morning, I enjoy more than Monday morning. Monday morning, it's like so many leagues where it's like boom, 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 boom. There's only two leagues right now that I do fab Thursday nights, Maki and GDD. And both of those, when I wake up, especially Maki, I have to say, I really do enjoy that league. And, and it, of all the leagues I'm in, I probably have, you know, I don't enjoy it the most, but but I really do like it. And part of it is because of the fab and because you get to keep the players, man. Like I'm bidding on Carlos Hernandez this weekend, everybody. And I'm going to keep him for many, many years because I love him. You know, I mean, that's that's what you get. That's what you get. And it's it's fun on a Friday to have that sort of individualized thing. It's kind of cool. I dig it. We got to get it. But, but last thing, last thing, we're, we're thing, over an hour here, man. Right. Last thing, last thing. Get partners, guys, and and partner with friends. Like partner with guys that you enjoy talking to. I have, I miss. I used to partner with James Anderson, ding, and we don't partner anymore. And I miss talking to him all the time. But I partner with Robert Mershak on a bunch of leagues, and I partner with Wilson Caraman, and it's and, and with Dr. Thomas Scott, and it's just super fun. 
because you get to hang out with these guys and talk with these guys about players. And it's it just adds to the joy of it. And it doesn't take anything away from the, quote, glory of winning at all. Pediatrician of the year, Dr. Thomas Scott. Hey, man. Pediatrician of the year. Pediatrician of official pediatrician of the under the radar show. That's and right. And loves fantasy in 15, he told me yesterday. He's like, oh, man, I love fantasy in 15. That's great. Wait till he starts so hearing our, our fantasy football episodes. Yeah, there you go. Which there Ian's not a fan of. But we'll get into I'm that some other time. I that I'm not a fan of. I, I think you said the show sucks. No, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I said that you enjoy doing our show as much. That's it. I don't know if that's how you word it. Well, that's how I felt it. May not still, be how you heard it. I was still trying to figure out which parts of the Ariel conversation you should chop out. I know. I really. It, it, is, it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. It's pretty funny. It does. It, it really gets on him because he posted the, the his standings again. I'm in first place in both tout and labor as of August 9th. And both of those are true, General Washington. They're both true. See, I called you general. I know that means a lot to you. This is the beginning of the end for Ian Khan and his sanity. For the man. Go, go. For the man. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, should I? Do you want to do it? No, Will you still have I'm, your sanity? Are you good? No. You sure? I'm great. Will I'm you great. still think you're Ian Khan? Like, is this, I, can we? I really do enjoy doing the Ariel Cohen impression. I just, I really I, enjoy Oh, it. it's very apparent. It's way too apparent. <laughs> you're not doing an impression anymore. You're like living in his skin. No, 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 no. It's all, it was, it was today. I, right before like the when, show, I was like, what was the whale watch like? Like every time something showed, like, whoa! And I was and like, the wow, voice. that's a quite a whale. That's that's a full breach. Now, kids, listen, a full breach is when the the whale comes all the way out and slaps its body down. And how did it's you ask full- the guy for the hat? I didn't. I, I didn't ask him for the hat. He gave me the hat, and that yeah. was a different guy. That was the deep sea fishing part. I'm I'm becoming Ian Traveler Con. I'm I'm. I used to be the guy who was like, we we See, go that's on a vacation. Swell hat. <laughs> that's a really I really like that hat. No, I wanted to buy one. I thought you know product. I was like, do you sell them? And he's like, no, it's the only one I've got. I was like, oh, all right, yeah. That's a Seinfeld subplot if there ever was one. <laughs> it really is. And now he comes after me, give me back my hat. That was a moment of madness. Gets a really bad sunburn, has to come track you down. <laughs> Gets blinded by the sun reflecting off a lighthouse and the Ends boat up, capsizes right. because he gave away his hat. Con! This that is going to be amazing. Matter. All right. You got to go gotta on that note. That was we it. I gave you the coin. Ah, yeah. <laughs> For the man who's going to start shouting coin because he's so confused about who he is. Ian Khan? <laughs> it's true. It's it's true. I, I probably will. You're probably right. <laughs> For the man who was going to do uh, audio crosswords but couldn't figure out how to do audio text during his drive. Derek Van Riper. Get a better cell provider than I had driving across the country if you're going to make a move like that. We're back, oh, baby. More Stephen Gonzalez next week. We'll see you later. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.